Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to effortless clean. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here, there. But when I, when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's, I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. Good old-fashioned street drunks are getting a hard time being on Willie Nelson's tour bus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Literally, It's Hot Fun in the Summertime. Uh, today, the brilliant Craig Ferguson is stopping by. Um, he's the old Scottish Craig Ferguson. That's the worst Scottish accent anyone's ever done. I hope he doesn't listen to this. Craig, I apologize in advance. Anyway, let's get started with the wonderfully funny and diversely talented Craig Ferguson. Hey, baby cakes. How are you doing? It's been many, many years since you and I have uh, spoken. I think probably uh, about 15. Fuck. Jesus. Uh, You look exactly the same, which I'm kind of horrified by. Um, <laughs> you're I, so nice to say that, though. No, it's kind of true. I mean, you're, you're famously, you know, kind of something weird, black magic going on with you. And yeah, uh, yeah. You, what do you do? Do you like fast or tan? Uh, or what? What? Or fast tan? What do you do? Uh, uh, there's a couple of things. One is, um, you know, I don't drink any alcohol. Is you and I are in the same club? I have I have 33 years. Yeah, I, I'm 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 way behind you. Uh, you're you got some serious. You got, you're in double digits, if I do remember. I'm 30, 32 okay. in February. Thirty one. I right mean, we're just way behind me. <laughs> we're, I, we're the old we're the old men of recovery. Yeah, Look at us. Kind of. They um. It, you know when you when you you kind of start kind of you're thinking of yourself as an old timer. People say, well, you're an old timer. What's it like? Don't call me old timer. When people call me an old timer, I feel like I'm a prospector, like I have arrows in my hat. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're an old timer. If you look out for the quicksand over yonder. 
I um do you do you still think about alcohol? I don't really think about it that much anymore. No, I, guess, I guess I could get no. to thinking about it. But. Here, here's here's what I think about alcohol now. I, I mean, obviously when I first got sober, I, I literally I can remember vividly going, well, like I'm, I love baseball and I love going to Dodger Stadium. And I remember, well, I won't be going to Dodger Stadium anymore because what is the point of going to Dodger Stadium if I can't have a beer? Literally, mm. that was my logic. Yeah, I, I had a lot of that. I mean, not um, Dodger Stadium, but everything else. What's the yeah, point? And, and um, you know, well, I, you know, I, am I ever, what am I going to do when I have a kid? I'm not going to have like a, a, a scotch with the boys. I did all those things sober <laughs> and it was... It was, it was great. So, and then about a year, I'd say it was about by two years in, maybe a little less. I never thought about it again, but I will tell you what is occupying a lot of my thinking is this wine culture thing. Now, wine culture? Yeah. Okay. Cause I don't know what it's like in Scotland. Cause you guys have scotch for, and you have, but wine culture has taken over everything. And when I was drinking, People had wine, whatever, but it wasn't a thing. It wasn't like it is now. I mean, people, it's just consumes the time at the restaurants and the this oh, and the yeah. that and the wine tasting and the wine tourism and the yeah. all of it. And and I, God bless it. I think it's my addict who gets irritated by it, but I'm a little irritated by it. I, I'm not so irritated by wine because I just like, you know, I don't have to be near it. I'm not in Scotland right now. I'm in New York City. And I, mm. I live in New York City a, a lot of the time. And um, It's not wine culture here. It's marijuana culture. It's weed culture. Oh, oh, don't and, even get me started on that. And the whole thing that really bothers me is like, if you walk down the street with a beer, like you, you get arrested, you get a ticket, right? You walk down the street right. with a beer, you get a ticket. Now, yeah. if somebody's walking down the street with a beer, I don't have to smell their beer. I, I mean... They can have a beer and they walk down the street and I can see it, but I don't, I don't, it's not creating a cloud of beer fumes all over the place. Like I have right. to participate in their beer. But yeah. when you walk, particularly if you walk around Midtown, which I try not to do, but if you walk around Midtown in Manhattan, it's like you can't, it's everywhere. I don't, I don't understand. You either let people walk around with beer and wine or don't let them walk around smoking blunts. Uh, that's, that's how I feel about it. It's got, it's unfair. It's gone too far the other way. Uh, good old fashioned street drunks are getting a hard time. I'm with you. But then again, I was never a pot guy ever. Even no. when I was, no, it was not either. my thing. I never got it. I never understood it. Maybe with the designer stuff that's out there now, I, I would, maybe I would have liked it better because I <laughs> would get soap. I was once on Willie Nelson's tour bus. Wow. Then you are a pot guy by osmosis just by being on Willie Nelson's tour bus. I mean, if you're not, I mean, if you're going to be on Willie Nelson's tour bus, you better be smoking some of his pot, right? I would have thought, yeah. But I knew enough, I knew enough to know about myself that it's not my thing, but I didn't want to look like a nerd. So when it came to me, it was like this, by that time it was like a, just a tiny little roach or whatever. And I, and I fake puffed it. Yeah. I was so high and paranoid that I did not get off that bus for like four and a half hours. Yeah. So hot and paranoid. Really paranoid. Yeah. I, I, I didn't I get it. it. I, I, weed made me psychotic. I, I, I mean, it's like, I, I feel like it's not, you know, like I did drugs like uh, cocaine and alcohol. Really, really, I, alcohol was my thing. I did cocaine was a vitamin that helped you drink more. That's the way I looked at it. It wasn't yeah, really one, a drug, uh, it was just a kind of supplement. And, yes, yes, of course. Yes, but, 100%. But weed was the one that I was like, I mean, I took acid, I took everything. But but the one that made me most uncomfortable was weed, without yes, a doubt. Yes, without a doubt. Yeah. I think it, mu it must be the way, it's like people say, are you a Beatles or a Stones guy? You know, you're like, well, are you a Coke or are you a weed guy? Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. I think, I think, I don't know, I think I'm more the damned uh, or uh, the Sex Pistols guy. I can't, I can't. Even I, I can't participate in in a lot of things. I find myself more and more and more. I find myself like I don't want to do social media and I don't want to do this. Um, I I kind of like I'm getting crankier and crankier as I go. Um, I'm, but is that something we have to fight, or is it, or is that hard fought <laughs> knowledge? I I think it's 
I think it depends on the, the mood of the time. I mean, I think you have to fight, or I feel I have to fight the idea of condemning young people for having different ideas that I had when I was young, because that's such yeah. a common trap. The, right. You know, the people in the 60s who were like, came of age in the 60s used to say to us, oh, peace and love all the time. And it became so irritating that, you know, the <laughs> catchphrase of... <laughs> of punk rock became hate and war, which was not, nobody really wanted hate and war. They just didn't want people to say peace and love to them all the time. You have to rebel against what comes before. I, I feel like, particularly comedians, I watch them now and they're like, oh, you can't say things. And you go, yes, you can. Yes, you can say things. But they'll know you're not young if you say those things. Um, That's and, right. And uh, you can say anything you like, but there's a price to pay. And I think that, uh, I think, with comedians, they get cranky about young people. And I, I remember that when I was a young comedian, there would be older comedians like, when he was there, just, they ain't funny. They ain't funny. And, but they are. They're just different funny. They're funny for young people. Comedy is a young man's game, though. I, th- I think it's... For young men, it is. I mean, it, look, if you're, if, you're, if you're a young man and you're doing comedy and it's appealing to other young men, that's good. Um, it, or that's what it is. If you're, you can do comedy when you're older, but it, it, you have to change. Like when I yeah. was, when I was young and doing stand up, I was like, I'm so angry about things and <laughs> I hate all this and everything. That look, I have a pretty nice car and, you know, I have a bit of a tummy and, you know, I'm <laughs> sleepy. I don't, I'm yeah. not that angry. I can't pretend I'm that angry. I'm, I'm a bit sleepy, uh, but I, things are still funny. There's just different things are funny. You know, I mean, as my body falls apart or, you know, or my mind wanders into dotage, I find that kind of funny. I think you can be funny <laughs> at any age, but to try and stay the funny you were when you were a kid, I think that's yeah. kind of weird. I, I think that's, that's kind of, that's kind of like dressing up in, like, do you remember the thing you used to see guys in LA wearing skinny jeans and trilbies and they were like 60? Oh, <laughs> like, for sure. Oh, man. I don't want to do that. No, but uh, I think the sweet spot is where it's at because you also don't want to... I think I've told this story before on the show, but I, I once asked Clint Eastwood how he, you know, continues to be so prolific and just a, such a machine and, you know, I think Clint's 90 now or something. And he said, Rob, I never let the old man in. Is and there, Is there an old man following him around? Because I wouldn't let him in either. Uh, I, be, but here's the, my version of letting the old man in is yeah. that moment. We also like, it's been a long day. You come home, you think about working out or you could turn on the TV. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, you're about, about around a bunch of young kids and they go, let's go to the beach. You want to go to the beach? And you go, ah, I don't know if I want to, you know, that's when the old man is going, no, you can stay here. They can go. You can stay here. It's like, that's, I, I, I'm a firm believer in, in, in knowing when the old man is asking you to do something and saying no. Yeah, I see. I, I kind of look. I respect and admire you, Rob, but I completely disagree <laughs> with you. <laughs> so, so when when the old man says, "Yeah, you can stay here and have a snack," I like. You're right, Grandpa. Let's stay here and have a snack. And then the old the young people go and do the thing. I I kind of love the the aged process in an odd way. It's it's kind of it's so weird. Um, to get older, like I'm 61 years old and I, and I think about like, wow, that's so weird. The, it's I'm, weird. It is. It's weird. Yeah. But yeah. if you, have you ever listened to uh, Holst's The Planet Suite? Do you ever listen to classical music? Not, not a ton. No, I don't really either. But, but, the, but The Planet Suite by Holst, like he takes every planet in the solar system and he does a little thing about it. He does uh, Saturn. Uh, the bringer, the bringer of old age, is the Saturn mm. is the god of uh, uh, the bringer of old age, the harboring of old age, and that piece of music is so weird and ethereal, and it kind of like it's almost like a classical music version of like that. And I got one of the tattoos I have. You can see I have yeah. Saturn uh, right yeah. there on my on my wrist. Now usually I wear a watch there, but if I don't wear wear my watch and I go to look at my wrist, I go, oh, it's Saturn. 
So that's, that's, I find that deeply unsettling. Yeah, yeah, it is deeply unsettling, but that's fun as well. I think unsettling is okay as long as you're not, you know, as long as you're not going to get drunk. I think it's pretty much all right. Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky? Same day, or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. There's only one answer California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I look, I love California. Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats, keep my dogs healthy, and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com Rob. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality amazing smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash Rob. That's harrys.com slash Rob for a $3 trial set. You have great tattoos. I don't, well, because when you were doing the talk show here, you were always in a suit, I, I think. So I don't think I ever really saw your your ink. It's yeah, good yeah. ink. You've got, yeah, it's, you got I'm very picky ink. about it. I don't, you know, I don't go to like the mall and get a tattoo. I think about it for a while and they matter to me. I, I, I'm kind of very conscious of, of what I put on me. And not that you can't get a good tattoo with the mall, you can, but I, I, I don't know if you, I don't even know if people go to the mall anymore. But the, um, mm-hmm. But I'm very, very picky and I, I find good artists and I, and I let them do it. Do you have any and tattoos? I, you don't have any, do you? I do. Here, look at, look at this. Okay, All so right. I was, I'm, I'm going to reveal it in a minute, but I want to set it up by, this was my, I got it six months sober. Okay. And it was my, <laughs> I'm still wild, man. Yeah. I'm still a badass. And so that was it. I was going to get a tattoo. So it, 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 it looks like I've 
been a longshoreman or been in the merchant marines because it's <laughs> so disgusting and old. And but now I'm hearing that old, faded, decrepit tattoos are a thing in the tattoo world now. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yes, it's what some of my best friends with was really good ink are like, no, 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 bro, you don't want to touch that. I'm like, really? Yeah, but let it fade. Look, it looks like nothing. Look, it looks, it literally looks like Popeye the Sith. I look like a merchant marine. No, All the colors good. faded. That's good. That's sexy. I mean, you can't tell what it is anymore, though. It, it was a, it was a koi fish. It was like a traditional <laughs> Japanese, like a traditional Japanese, you know. Why did you get a koi fish? Well, it's actually a cut. This is actually a cover up. Okay. Uh, a big substantial cover up of a little tattoo I got on a blackout in <laughs> Australia. <laughs> See, that's the one you should have kept. I because know. Because that's great. I, I, love, I mean, look, I, you know, I never got any tattoos when I was drinking. I had one, I had one, I, I was doing a press tour, don't remember any of it, somewhere on YouTube, you, there was, has got to be all kinds of interviews I gave in 1990 in Australia. No, no, 1989. Yeah, it would have been 1989. Um, and I had just become buddies with Michael Hutchins wow. of NXS. So yeah. you can imagine me and Michael Hutchins in yeah. the 80s, and it's everything you thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I had a, all I remember is the tattoo. And then, of course, I covered it up because it, it was too small. I didn't have the guts to go full bore. I was like, <laughs> I get a little tattoo. And then it was like, I'd reveal it and people were like, that looks like, you know, looks like something a girl would have in their ankle. So, wait, you didn't really tell me what it was, though. What was it? Oh, the original one? It yeah. was, um, it was a heart yeah. with a, I believe, the Chinese character for like courage or something like that. Like okay. courageous heart or something like that. Right. Yeah. Well, Whatever. you know, yeah. maybe the koi fish is better. I don't know. But maybe there's time to get, you know, get more, get one on the other side to balance. Do you, you don't have any color, do you? Yours are no, all. No, 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 no. You're not. A, okay. Tell me, walk me through that aesthetic. Uh, I just, uh, I don't want that. Uh, I don't know why. It's just, oh, I always think tattoos should be black ink. Um, they, they kind of... Is that of, from all your, is that from all your time in, in, in prison? Yeah. I, <laughs> I just, I like the look of it. I like the look of it. I mean, I also think, you know, I have very pale skin. So mm. I think if you put colors on top of it, you kind of look, I don't know. I'm like, with you. I, I, I kind of have gone that way as well. And I'm like, ah. I mean, am I making a mistake? Is it like, remember when everybody was getting those, the trend was that kind of um, almost Samoan art? Yeah, I know the type you mean. It was all that. Yeah, I never got any of that. I, uh, it's not, my, it's not my, my thing. You know what I mean? It's like I, it's not like I mind anyone else getting it, but I kind of understand crows and snakes and, and sea horses and, you know, Lily of the Valley. There's a reason why I have these things. I, I, I don't, uh, I'm not Samoan, so I don't have, you know, right. any kind yeah, of point yeah. of reference for it. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like, so, but some people, like I've got a friend, a, a really good friend of mine who he'll just go for a tattoo because it's Saturday. You know, he's like, mm -hmm. oh, I feel like getting a tattoo. And he just he's goes. got ink fever. Got bad ink fever. He's got the fever. Yeah, he's, he's got he's he's got a fever and it's bad. He's got it bad. <laughs> but he's he's covered in ink. But it somehow kind of works for him. He's like he's six foot six and from the Czech Republic, got a big beard and hair. It all works out, you know. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is you, you, I I struggle with like. Well, the other thing is, as an actor, you're always covering it up for parts, you know, yeah. for when you're doing a role, and that's that's something to think about. It's like a, it's just extra time in the in the chair, which as I get older, I have less patience for too. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really see me doing much of that anymore. I acted for a bit, but I'm like, okay. You, well, not only did you act, but you wrote, you wrote movies. Yeah, yeah. I did. You directed yeah. them. Yeah, can I talk about that right now? Because it's a, this Please. thing. I don't know if you can though. I mean, I don't know if that's like against. No, the you can. I, listen, I listen. I'm I'm a noted union buster. Kidding, kidding, people, <laughs> people, people. I very, very much, you know, support that. You know, I really think it's kind of, 
I, I'm very mad at the, the producers right now because of the whole kind of like you have one job as a producer. I produce movies. It, like here's your job as a producer. Make a deal. Yep. That's your job. That's yep. actually yep. kind of the only job. It's make the only it. as a as a producer. It pretty much is the only deal. Make right. make make the make deal. deal. Put, put the team on the field. Right. Make the deal to do it and let them do their thing. Right. So you make a deal. So why in the in a in a dispute where these guys want to work but they're unhappy with certain things and uh, these guys you know are the producers? Surely a good producer would say, "All right, we have. There's got to be a way to do this because that's what every, a good producer does. It's like there's got to be a way to do this. Okay, how are we going to do this? How do we make a deal so that everybody walks out here? Nobody gets everything they want, but." Everybody walks away happy, but there's no. It's it's not producers. I don't think it's uh, it's people who are uh, they don't care. They don't. I don't think they even care about making movies or TV shows and shit anymore. I don't think they even care about it. It's a straight up bottom line. It's like Wall it's, Street or something. Well, you definitely, obviously, have people who come in who run companies or where big companies where the entertainment part of it is infinitesimal in the bottom line. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to be, to just be coming into the business when the studios were owned by themselves. Yeah. Paramount owned Paramount. Yeah. Warner Brothers owned Warner Brothers. Like they were, they weren't in the, um, you know, the, the telephone pole business. Right. right. Or, or they weren't in the phone business. They were right. in the movie business. Those days are over. And, you know, it's like, it is what it is. But I think one of the byproducts is definitely there's, there just isn't the kind of, I mean, there just isn't. If you're, if you're, if your business is jet, jet engines and you own NBC, how passionate are you really about Parks and Recreation? Yeah. Or 30 Rock or whatever. I mean, really at the end of the day. Um, And then, then here's the other thing is, and I don't know if this has been your experience. This is the thing when people are very much trying to figure out when, how long the strike will end. Mm. Um, and I was like, well, why should it be any different than any negotiation I've been a part of ever? And particularly in the last five years where it is, everybody knows there's going to be a deal. Everybody knows it can't go on forever, but we're not going to make a deal right now. We're going to wait and wait and drag it out and wait and wait and wait and wait and make threats and stomp our feet and, and make ultimatums. And finally, when enough pain has been inflicted around both sides, we'll make the deal we could have made in the third day. That's, that's how the deals are done. Sounds like start. a lot of deals I've been part of. That's true. But they, it, it kind of, I don't know, this, this one feels a little different. I mean, I've been through a, a couple of, no, not a couple of, the only one I've been through actually was 2007, 2008, the writer's strike. But this one feels a little like a seismic change, like, you know, like Silent Game of the Movies or, you know, for sure, DVDs or VHS or something. Like there's there's a change here. And so you got to write a new rule book. And I think that's a, when there's a technology change in any industry, it can be, oh, it's really turbulent. And Um, for me, it's like trying, I agree with you 100%. But I think, Actually, this is just a microcosm of of everything. I think that AI is going to make the industrial revolution look like a footnote in history. And you can either be the Luddites or you can figure out a way to integrate because the genie is not going back in the in the bottle. So what my hope is that that that, that people are being smart about it, not just going, we can't have it. Well, you're gonna have it. You're yeah. gonna have it. it. Just is. So how how are we going to have it? I I think my natural inclination is to uh, whenever everyone is saying one thing, I kind of like to try and think: is there a, a alternate? That, yep. uh, and and so I think my stance will be: uh, I'm for AI because why not? Uh, that we've been doing such a great job as humans. Uh, let's take a hand over to, to the TV and see if it can do any better. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, it, of course, technology is is unstoppable, and you know, it, it's the, the genie is out of the bottle. I don't know what happens now, but um, I, I mean, to a, me, it, I to think, me, it's like, yeah, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, so let's say, they say, you know, you're working at a network and you're like, write me a new hospital franchise um, like Grey's Anatomy, but with the voice of the West Wing. A&I will do that. AI, I mean, A&I. AI will do that. So to me, then you got to pay Grey's Anatomy and you got to pay Aaron Sorkin, who wrote The West Wing, and we're all good. Yeah. Why is it any different than sampling? Well, it's not. It's the, it's the same, I guess, isn't it? Right. Um, but it's, uh, but I think it's also about the delivery of it as well. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm wandering into an area I really have no kind of no, no, we're, knowledge about. But I, I, I just, I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like, you know, people work. They should get paid for it. Uh, that's that's kind of wrong not to pay people. Um, and I feel like it's, I feel like it's it's very unfair right now. It's, it's real. It's really not nice. I tell you what's really what's my biggest issue with it is the the people in the industry who live project to project, paycheck to paycheck. You know the people who work on. I I, I shoot two TV shows, Unstable on Netflix and. Um, 911 Lone Star and Fox and, and you know, there's a two crews and there's wardrobers and costumers and makeup artists and electrics and grips and caterers and transportation people and location. And then the, it just, th- those people get decimated yeah. right, right, right away. And, yeah. and that, that's the part that, that I think people aren't aware of when they think of actors and writers on strike is, is, you know, we have it easy compared to, yeah, Those I think folks. there's a, an odd perception about Hollywood that I think that, particularly Hollywood, that or the film business or the TV business, that it's the elites. And you go, yeah, well, there there are elites, but um, but there's a lot of people who just that's their job. You know, I mean, it's just it's a job. It's a it's a kind of blue. So it's a middle class job. You know, you yeah, you, you totally. drive to work and you you do your job and you go home. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's I'm definitely starting to see um people really, really affect. I, 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 I hope it's, I feel like we're back at work before Halloween, but I don't think much earlier. That's uh, my, that's just for what it's worth. Slight, I know nothing. Slightly off topic, but uh, are we allowed to dress up for Halloween? I'm asking basically for a friend. But, um, it depends. It depends on how many working days in the union you've had in the last <laughs> few years. Well, I'm, I but listen, have... you're, ta- you're talking to somebody, I, I'm not unashamed to admit I I I trick or treated until I was 24. When did you get swayed with you when you got sober? <laughs> 26. It was like <laughs> one of the reasons why I was like, you know what? Maybe you should stop yeah. trick or treating. I I think that maybe uh, having you know drunk young crazy Rob Lowe coming at your home dressed as Dracula actually mm-hmm. it doesn't sound that bad. It doesn't. You know when I when I think about it, it doesn't sound that bad. It sounds kind of fun. Come on, it's great. Yeah. I, what did you I, how, what did you trick or treat as? What did you dress up as? The last time I trick or treated, um, under the it was a I, I concocted a ruse of taking my my friend's young son trick or treating. Really, I just wanted to t- trick or treat. Right. And I I dressed up as um a quarterback from the San Diego Chargers. Okay. Oh. All right, that's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. Were you in San Diego? I was in Los Angeles, but, you know, I, I figured out a way to be in costume, but also show my face, see? <laughs> so, you, you're you dressed up in a kind of sexy costume and you get to show your face. That's not really trick-or-treating, is it? That's just kind of like cosplaying uh, or something. I, I think it's 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 cosplaying and, and, and being very hopeful about who might answer the door. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Yeah, I, my go-to was always pirate. Pirate's the way to go. Um, yeah, for sure. Pirate, you can't go wrong. But I mean, Johnny Depp has cornered the market on it. Now you can't. He's done uh, all you can do with it. That's a very particular type of pirate. I like to go for more poofy trousers or Elizabethan pirate uh, oh. with tights on. Ooh, tights. Yeah, yeah tights. Yeah. Tights are a little revealing. You got to be careful. Well, not if you got the poofy trousers over the tights. You wear the poofy oh, yeah. trousers. But they're like poofy shorts. They're like marshmallow shorts. And then tights. And then 
you know, a, a pointed boot with maybe a bell at the end of it. The bell? Yeah. Your, your, your knowledge, your, it's, I think it's, I'm kind of getting a fetish hit off of you right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, maybe it is. I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I've never dressed up like that, but I'm gonna. Probably before the oh, end of the day. I, d- I don't believe one word of what you just told me. <laughs> I think you've dressed up many, many, many nights like I, that. I don't know if I, I don't, I've never really been in it. Like when people do cosplay and stuff, they're like, that's like working without getting paid. I don't know if I would want to do that. I, I don't get it. I, yeah. I, I, although I would like to be a mascot with the big heads at, right. a, at a sports thing. Like I, I think it might be fun to be a mascot for a while. Well, you've got some pull in the industry. I think you could probably put that together. Talk to your agent. I'm sure you could get it done, you know. I mean, I don't know if it'd be big leagues like the Chargers, but maybe something. You know? No, I think I think I could, I could, I think I might be able to pull off at least for a, a, one or two games. Um, the Rams, the LA Rams, one of my favorite teams. They have yeah. a, Rampage is his name. He's Ram. He's got a Ram He's head. a Ram? Rampage. And does he like I, ram into people and stuff? Is that what he does? See, well, that's what I would bring to it. Yeah. I think I would bring a whole other level of well, that's what insanity. Is. I mean, if you're a ram, what else are you going to do? I mean, does he talk about random access memory? Does he walk around with a like I, a like, the, like one of the one of those Daft Punk people? That's what very Daft Punk and then sample and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it will be fun. Are you very sporty? Do you go to a lot of sporting events? Yeah, I do. I love it. Yeah. I, lo- I love. I love. I mean, I'm, baseball is my num- number one thing. Um, Football, uh, you you used to have season seats for the Lakers. I, I love the Lakers in basketball, but for some reason, I, I've never been able to put my finger on it. I, I don't watch as much basketball as I used to. Sorry, um, basketballs, basketball and hockey are the ones that I kind of gravitate toward to a little more because they, they're so end-to-end and they're high scoring and they're, you know, it's yeah. always, you know, I think baseball and, and football, I think unless you grow up with them, which I clearly didn't, uh, right. it, it's... It's a little harder to decipher. Although I will say, I think baseball in particular is is a real live event. I know people love watching it on TV or listening to it on the radio, but when I first went to a game, I yeah. was like, "Oh wow, this is this is a thing." Although it's a thing. I, it's 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 a vibe, as the kids would say. Yeah, it's it, like I, the first baseball game I ever went to was with Drew Carey. We were in Cleveland. And he oh, and wow. he took me to at the time the, the the team were called the Indians and they're yeah. obviously no longer called that but they uh, but the we went to see uh, Jacobs Field it was at the time and the it was, Jake it was the first game of the season and they were playing uh, the LA no the Angels of Anaheim LA Angels whatever the hell they called right. themselves yeah, they, yeah uh, exactly and. I was in the owner's loge with Drew Carey. Drew Carey in Cleveland is like being at, at Disneyland with Mickey Mouse. I mean, it's, it's right. like, you know, you, yep. you're with the main guy. Oh, well, you are. And yeah. we were in the owner's loge. We were watching the game. It was a beautiful day. There was the American flag and the lake over where they're giving us canapes and stuff. And I thought, wow, this is a really great day out. So my next... Uh, my second baseball game was to see the Dodgers in Los Angeles. And I got nosebleed tickets right up at the door. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's a different type of experience. But By the way, also a, a real, real experience. Yeah, it was. It was For it, sure. I mean, it is, it, but I, it, to me, live events like that, I, I don't really, I mean, I used to go and watch, I used to have uh, season tickets for the Clippers back when the Clippers, uh, you, you know, were giving them away, basically. Yes, right. And yep. Yep. The going to stuff live, you, know, you told me we were talking about AI stuff. See, I love live music. I love live comedy. I love, I, I, if I watch a sport, I kind of like to be at the sport. And I don't think that's replaceable with, uh, you know, automatons or software. There's no software that's going to play the baseball game for you. There's no software yep. that's going to play the football game or there's no software stand-up comedian that I can figure out. You might get it on TV, like, you know, make me, uh, you know, a comedian mashed up with all these other comedians and put it on a screen. But if you go to see somebody live, it's going to be that guy or that woman or, you know, it's, it's going to be who it is. It's going to be that individual. And I kind of, that human experience, I don't know. I don't feel that that's threatened. Yeah, I, I, well, live is 
life's not going anywhere. Life's coming ba- back. I mean, that's for so. just yeah. for just for just that reason. What um when you moved to LA and you did the show here, mm. what was your first impression of LA? Coming from where you came from, growing up in Scotland, with your point of view, you must have had a lot to say about that. You know, I, I think like most people, I don't know where are you from originally. Are you from LA? No, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from from Ohio. Okay, so yes, I'm just below Cleveland. Right. So you you kind of no Akron. Is it is it Akron? Dayton. Dayton. Okay. Uh, it's <laughs> so far. The um, but I uh, the first thing that struck me about Los Angeles was I couldn't find where it was. Like you get there and you go, all right. Well, where's the main drag? Where's the city where's the bit where where's the you, high line yeah, high street or whatever where's, where's the where's the trafalgar square times square yes. the, but where's the bit where people go to it and it's like it, there's no bit you know there's you know there's, there's no like it's no bit it's it's not and i i love los angeles and i, I lived there for 23 years and i loved it but for me my first impression of america was living in new york city where i am now and um, and New York to me always like hey, New York was the first place I went to outside of my hometown in Scotland. I knew I went to New York when I was thirteen with my father oh, before wow. I'd I, ever even been to London. Or by the you know, same, I went to New York when I was thirteen with my father. Right, and okay. I, when I, you see the city, and it it's still yeah. I, I love it. You know, you walk one block in the city. <laughs> And like you've gone through a gamut of emotions, you've seen a lot of people in a wide range of different kind of high dungeon or friendliness or or not friendliness. It's just it's a very, very intense place. And that was my impression. I thought America was all like New York. When I went to LA, I thought, oh, okay, it's not. And then slowly after that, I actually got to know you know, the Midwest and the rest of America. And I, actually, I love it out there. I love doing stand-up in America. I, well, my favorite thing to do professionally is not record um, performances on film or whatever we call it now or, or do television, but is to perform live in a room with a bunch of people you've never met before in a town you've never been to. I love that. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why. It just it feels like an adventure. Uh, Same. It's just great. I, I, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like the rush of it. And it doesn't pay as well as TV or movies. It doesn't have to. It, it, it gives you more. It gives you other stuff. For uh, sure gives you other. That, and I, I also think that as a, any, any self-respecting actor should not only be able to, but should routinely be on stage like that in some capacity. I think it's good for you. I think it's, uh, I mean, I, I know actors, good actors, just hate it. Hate, oh, yeah. Hate theater. You know, Michael Caine famously said about theater is like all these people shouting, facing the front and shouting what they do. He's so funny. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, um, but he's, uh, you know, and he's, he's no slouch as an actor, Michael Caine. <clears throat> so I think that, um, I think there's different ways of going about it, but for me, I like I like my music loud through a Marshall stack, and I like my mm-hmm. comedy in a room that's uh, dark and full of trouble. And I like that. It feels like fun. I I think that that is a perfect um, assessment. I, I could I could I could hang with that. I could I could I, you and I could do a a trip through any city in the world with that as our as our north star. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what, and as opposed to, to reference to what you, what you originally asked was about LA, is that I couldn't find that in LA for a long time. Right. Um, it's there. There are people doing stuff there, obviously. But I just, in New York, it was very obvious where you just follow the, follow the kids wearing the uh, black and you end up in the club, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, in, in LA, it seemed like everything was... It's a little bit, I think British people like LA because it has that kind of <clears throat> status thing. It's kind of like, oh no, you can't get in here. 
<laughs> oh, that's amazing. So that's amazing. They like to say, "Oh no, oh no, you can't get." It. British people love that. Oh no, you can't. Do you ever fly on British Airways? They like, "Oh no, you can't." There's another bit that you can't get to. <laughs> that's LA, amazing. They love that too. Oh no, you. This is this is not. You can stay here, but you can't go to that bit. Yeah, they love the, the velvet rope scenario. Yeah. yeah. Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season with Quince. Now you can get high quality pieces that never go out of style you'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly onto you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. You know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com Rob for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360-day returns. Quince dot com slash Rob. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this, and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in, and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe. You've done stuff on the West End, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I love that's that's the last place I really did a, an extended stint, and I I loved it. What did I, you do? I, I did a revival of A Few Good Men with Aaron Sorkin at oh, the Haymarket. Nice. That's it was, grown up. It was it was pretty special. It was I, it was the time of my life. I had a blast, mm. and we did like I think when I was done, we did like 180 shows. It was a good long run. Yeah, that's proper. But it was amazing because the, the the British audiences were so, man, the quality of the listening. Yeah. I would just describe it. The quality of the silence is very unlike anywhere in the world. Like the like the silence in an American theater versus the British are very, very, very different. You can physically hear the attention being paid in a very different way, I found, in the West End. Than I think else. also it's shame-based uh, in the sense that the British people are looking for the first person to make a noise so that they can throw cabbages at them. That's that's amazing. Kind of, uh, 
That's kind of what they're like. Who will make the noise and break the spell and allow us to punish them in the stocks? Um, that was a that was a good pirate voice, by the way. Is that the voice that you do <laughs> when you wear the pirate. Elizabeth the bell Park. shoes, the yeah. pointy bell shoes you were talking about. Um, the, I'm never um, going to forget. But I think I just went to I went to see a show here. Did you, have you been in uh, see it in Broadway recently? See what that website? What show? Have you been to see anything on Broadway? Oh, recently? Uh, the last thing I saw on Broadway. It's been a while. I, I no, because it was Dear Evan Hansen, and that was a long time oh, ago. Yeah, and Bru- and Springsteen. The pandemic. And Springsteen. Oh, yeah, Springsteen, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I haven't seen anything since the pandemic. I went to see a show the other night. It was the last night of it. Uh, it was the Mischief Theatre Company. It's an English theatre company. And they did a show called Peter Pan Goes Wrong. It's a comedy show. It's a, a farce. Uh, a, a mythical, you know, provincial... I've heard about, I've heard about this show. How was it? Hilarious. Uh, it, I mean, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Is is there like a lead narrator who comes in and just kind of reads it while everybody else goes crazy? Or am I? Am no, I, no. It was. Uh, it was. It's a company show. It's a company. I mean, it's okay. uh, and I'm not familiar with any of the actors. Uh, Ashamed to say, but the but the but the show itself, I felt like when I was watching it, I felt like this is what it must have been like to go and see the Marx Brothers on, wow. on Broadway. You know, when like. Horse feathers, or you know, or like the 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 movies that because you can see a little bit of it if you watch the old Marx Brothers movies, you can see them really mucking around a little bit. But you imagine that energy and that life on a stage, you know, when yeah. it's like boom. That's, I mean, I feel like that's the whole the whole thing for me is like the Marx Brothers movies are great, they're great, they're classics. But I bet you it was better live. I just bet you it was better than had, uh, had to be. Had to be. Um, you're doing a new a podcast, Joy. Yeah, correct? I am. I, I, I kind of feel like I might be the last person through the door on making podcasts. I, I feel like podcasts, There's room for everybody. There's room. The, more, the pool is, the water's fine in the pool. Come on in. I, Come I, on in. I don't know that. You know, I mean, basically, all I'd been asked a couple of times to make podcasts, and I was like, "Well, I don't, I don't know what I would talk about." Um, and they said, "Nobody cares. You just talk." And I was like, I, I don't <laughs> "That's know. the way I run it, anyway." Yeah. <laughs> but I, I kind of, oh, this is this. See, I like this. It's just people talk. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, the what I wanted to do is try and give myself a bit of a hook, a bit of a a kind of framework. Not much. Not like. All right, you have to pick your ten favorite cheeses, and we're going to yeah, yeah, yeah. not like that, but but something that would at least steer the conversation towards some kind of ultimate goal, and uh, and that's why I, I wanted to. It's called joys because I wanted to look at how different people manufacture it, and because I think I think the joy is such an essential, an individual human coping mechanism. It's really important, and in and so I wanted to, in the initial episodes, I've talked to people like people I know, people in show business, people I've worked with, you know, I mean, I, our artists and entertainers. But in over time, I want to actually talk to people that have very difficult or I would perceive to be difficult lives. How do you, how do you cope? How do you manufacture? How do you get joy into your life if you're a homicide detective or a pediatric yeah. oncologist or, or somebody that's dealing with really... Uh, just awful, uh, difficult situations. And yet, you know, they have to survive. And you know they do. And people find their, I mean, famously, you know, homicide detectives have, you know, a dark sense of humor and the way they talk okay. around it. And I, I'm fascinated by that, is that that kind of, um, I don't know if you, I mean, I can still remember when I was drinking, and I'm sure you can too, that, the one of the kind of best bits of it was in the kitchen the next day when everybody woke up. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. kind of like, yes. oh my god, what happened? Really? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, and there yeah, was a yeah. kind of gallows humor about that that I yes. just I mean, I missed that more than I missed the drink. You know, I missed it. And I don't really miss it that much because if you hang with the kind of people like us, 
it has that gallows humor all the time. You know, I mean, yes. like, I hang a lot with ex-drunks and there is a real kind of dark sense of humor about it. And I kind of love that. And I... Definitely. And, and that that's kind of what I wanted to do with the podcast is try and investigate how people do it. And I've, I've made a bunch of them. I've recorded a bunch of them already. And I, I'm kind of fascinated by it because I've, I tried to mix up people who were very, I think, who I know, but who are very different in their outlook. And so I think the first episode we're putting out is Gabriel Iglesias, who's a fantastic, gifted uh, stand-up comedian uh, of a very particular genre. Yep. And, and then I thought, well, all right, well, if he's up first, the first person I actually talked to was uh, Kathy Lee Gifford, because Kathy Lee Gifford who is a friend of mine and I adore her, but her worldview is uh, extremely, you know what, it's probably the same, but she comes at life from a very different angle. She has a very uh, recognizable and definite faith and she really is very upfront about it and it's very much part of her life. And I, I don't have that. I kind of envy that for her really. And, and I, I'm just fascinated by how, how it works for people, how they, how they stay at least a little bit happy. You know, that yeah. kind of, how do you uh, manufacture an attitude of gratitude? I do, I, 100%. Do, do you find that there are certain people that are born with a natural disposition that is sunnier, for lack of a better term, than others? And then, I, and then other people are more prone to, you know, sort of a darker introspection. You know, I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by the by the question. I'm not qualified to answer it. I, I feel like I think that the people that I know, the people that I am interested in, seem to be a product of their experience, not just how they arrived in the world. Uh, the you know that, um, but there are people, there are artists. It, particularly artists, I think. You think, uh, you know, actually, if I think of my my oldest son, who is a, an animator, <clears throat> he's just he's very good at it. And since he was a baby, he's just been fascinated by animation. He knew right away that I love this. This is what I do. I'm fascinated by it. Uh, and and I and I and he just like all kids. It seems to me most kids love cartoons, but he was. You know, like he'd be watching vintage Disney stuff at eight years old, like five, six, seven times in a row, like to looking at different scenes. And, and he's just finished studying it. And people like that who have their thing right away, I, I envy that. I, I, I still don't really know what my thing is, you know, but I, but as far as are more people more prone to depression or upbeat, I, I don't know. I, I think. You know, I don't. I don't know if you're born that way. You're going to find out on the podcast. I mean, you're, that's some. Everybody's different. I guess maybe that's the logline of the of the podcast as well. I mean, people are so different how they come to it. Um, but everyone because I, I think I, I I think that in my in my experience that, and it's the experience we learn in recovery. Really, is that within reason, obviously, but like happiness is a choice. I mean, obviously there are terrible things that happen to people, but day in and day out for the, for most folks, your one's own attitude can, can be a, a real leg up to happiness. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a choice, but it's, but it's definitely a tool, which if you can get your hands on it, it yeah. can help you. Right. And I think that that, that's what I feel about. If you can somehow or if I can somehow, in, in my darkest moments, if I can somehow, and really the word is, I suppose, gratitude. I mean, look, someone else's problems don't take my problems away. But if I look at someone else's problems, I might get a sense of perspective of my problems. And that, that might be, that may be of some use. Of the guests you've had so far, who has had the most sort of harrowing story where they've still managed to find their joy? You know, 
there are different versions of, I mean, this is like a real politician's answer, but, but really, <laughs> you know, it, there are different Give me the versions. pirates. Give me the pirates answer. <laughs> well, there, right, I'll tell you. The, I think that if you look at um, so the background of uh, someone like uh, Gabriel Iglesias growing up the way he grew up, and then Kathy Lee, who her trauma kind of comes a bit later when, you know, the, the fame and the viciousness of the tabloid culture that went after her and stuff like that was pretty gnarly for her. And um, yeah. I feel like, I mean, look, I can't speak for these people. That's why I speak to them. I let them speak for themselves. But I, I'm fascinated that, you know, you can take, you can take kids to the beach. So one kid will run straight into the waves and think it's hilarious, and another kid will run a mile from it and think it's terrifying. Everyone seems to have a different perspective on a lot of different things. So um, I don't know that there's anyone who I singled in with, oh, that must be awful. I mean, like I talked to Tony Hawk about his journey through a, an emerging sport, an emerging thing, and, and how yeah. he became the icon and the... And a, the kind of like the guy at the front of it. And that's clearly a trauma that not everybody goes through, but it's still a trauma. You know I mean? It's, it's not like, Oh yeah, I can really identify with that. Tony Hawk. I, I can't, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm fascinated by the story and I'm fascinated by who he became on the other side of it. It's really interesting. Well, I, I would, I, I always wanted to be a good skateboarder and I was horrible. I, I mm. turned into a pretty good surfer, but, the notion of like what that guy does on a skateboard at his, oh. at his age, he's yeah. not a spring chicken. Yeah. I think, it, I, I mean, he, he did mention that, you know, recovery from falls is a little more uh, involved than it used to be. I think he's like, uh, um, but I mean, that happens to everybody, but he's still, he's in great shape and he's still, you know, he's still got that kind of look about, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, he's got he's got the eye of the tiger. Well, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm psyched. I'm psyched to listen to the podcast. Um, I hope you enjoy. Um, and it was great having just chilling and catching up with you. Uh, every 15 years, we should just <laughs> carve out some time. You know, Look, talk a little recovery. Talk about our tattoos. Let's not do that. Let's this Halloween dress oh, up yeah. as Elizabethan pirates, Together. or you dress up as a sexy uh, quarterback. Football player. Yeah, and I'll be you know. Uh, comedy poofy trousers pirate, and we'll walk around LA. Beverly Hills, in particular. <laughs> I was no, I was no dummy. I knew where the good candy was. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll do it. All that right. was fun. Thanks, brother. That was great. It was lovely talking to you, man. Take it easy. That was fun. I'm going to be. Um, tuning into his podcast, which by the way, is on the iHeartRadio app and everywhere else the podcast can be found. All right, just one more thing before we end today's episode. Let's check the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570- Four five five one. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hi, Rob. My name is Terry, and I'm from Wisconsin. And uh, um, I love your podcast. I've literally been listening to it on a loop for the past week and a half while I've been getting ready to move. And my question comes from the episode you did a little while back with Tom Segura, um, where you mentioned the one-man show that you do that um, parts of it are kind of stand-up comedy-like. And that made me wonder, because you are such a natural storyteller and have, like, real comic timing, is a stand-up special kind of something you ever see on the horizon for yourself? Or alternatively, is would it, your one-man show ever be something that you would, you know, want filmed like for a special? Can't wait to hear your answer. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thanks for helping me, letting me help you move. There's nothing I love more than moving boxes. So hopefully I was helpful. Um, I would love 
I would that there's so many good stand-ups and so many good stand-up specials. I'd be a scared. I think I'd be a scared. But but I think I have to do it. I mean, I, I was just I was just talking to, to Matt Reif, the he's the new comedian who's killing it. And it's like, he's like, don't you want to document it? And I hadn't thought of it like that. Like at a certain point, I'm, I'm going to retire it or I'm going to change it or I'm going to stop doing it or whatever. And I got to document it. So, okay, now once it's documented and I, you know, it'll be documented well because that's how I do things. Don't I want to show it to people? Yes. So the answer is yes. Um, I feel like the right time and place will present itself to do it. There's been some talk about it. Um, and yeah, but... The show's not going away. You know, uh, it's something I do here and there because I'm so busy with other stuff. I would, I need to get on a roll, do multiple nights, get it really tight and, and, and then figure out a way to do it. So at some point I will do it. But at the moment, it's not on the immediate horizon, but stand by. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I will be back next week with more fun and games on literally, I'll see you then. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Nick Liao, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Research by Alyssa Grawl, editing by Jaron Ferguson. Engineering and mixing by Rich Garcia. Our executive producers are Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and myself for Team Coco, and Colin Anderson for Stitcher. Booking by Deirdre Dodd, music by Devin Bryant. Special thanks to Hidden City Studios. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.